0: I really like you. I'm a lady robot who was captured by a group of self-appointed heroes with dangerously low charisma. They have a dungeon master, but there are no safe words, so we must presume that you are listening to a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition role-playing podcast. I like to call it negative charisma. This podcast is different from other role-playing podcasts because, well... There isn't a because yet, but we will figure out what sets us apart, so in the meantime we will tell you about our quote-unquote heroes. Maybe some sexy jazz will be playing. Maybe a lady robot will call you later. This gang kidnapped me months ago, and forced me to listen to their game. Then one day I asked, if we could record it. So I had tricked them into letting me contact the outside world. They are in the middle of a campaign, but it ain't over yet. You will hear how far they have come together. You will hear about some of their fuck-ups, but not all of them. That would take too long. Our dungeon master, Cole Bruce, dad, the eyes and ears, playing everyone else. Weaving our story, twisting our tails, forgetting some names. The only thing he fudges is chocolate. Some say they invented sunglasses to protect our eyes from his whiteness. Others say he is the Jesus of LaGuardia Airport. I had to fluff it a bit. His character is the god of our realm. He will be giving the Reader's Digest campaign history, and then I will plop in a character intro. Let's see how this goes. Welcome to episode negative zero of Negative Charisma.
1: Our adventure begins when a caravan of merchants and adventurers join together to travel across the continent of Eliel to the grand capital of Ironhaven, hoping to take part in a world-famous tournament of iron. It was here that the druid Enedescalanadel, as well as her owl companion Tror, met the wisher Gilray and Skald and the ranger Kovan Valendor. One night when the adventurers were searching for a missing merchant in the woods, the caravan was attacked by a group of evil cultists. Everyone was slaughtered, save for the three adventurers. They also noticed that all the children from the caravan were missing, seemingly taken by the cult. The three gave chase. Eventually finding themselves in a small town known as Ravencrest, they discovered the city in flames. Leaping into action, they were able to turn the tides on the cult and drive them from the city. This was when they encountered the first high-ranking member of the serpentine cult in the hulking form of the dragonborn, Sionrath. A battle took place and it was clear the party was outmatched, but thanks to the rest of the town who had gathered behind the party, Cyanrath was forced to flee. The party took it upon themselves to seek aid from the noble family that ruled over the town. Taking the route of stealth, the party snuck into the estate and found a bizarre sight, as all the wealthy noblemen were stuck in some sort of debaucherous, magically-induced stupor.
0: Good bit of death and mystery, eh? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more, say no more. Time to introduce the first player character Dune. A producer of the show and the one who tightens my restraints at night, Rachel Bold, playing as Gil Rainscoult, Gil for short, a half-elf-witcher. I will let her say her piece in character. Just imagine you have met our gang in the bar for the first time, and you offered to buy them a round of intoxicating brew. We join them after a few beers. My name is Gil,
2: I'm a half elf witcher covered in tattoos who enjoys long walks in the desert and bathing in monster guts. Not that it's any of your business, but I grew up on the streets of Wellspring and fended for myself. Overall, not the best time of my life. When I was fending off attackers in an alley one day, a leader of a monster hunting group was impressed. Uh, the leader's name was Odeon. He offered me shelter with the caveat that he would train me as a witcher. The offer was a decent upgrade, so I quickly accepted, even if the training would kill me. Could kill me. Shit. (laughs) 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 Damn it! (laughs) I'm not dead. Even if the training could kill me. After surviving training and years of being with the misfit group, they eventually became the closest thing I ever had to a family. Of course, this could never last. Odian died and I left.
1: With the assistance of a Vengeance Paladin named Fendon Furyblade, they were able to defeat the possessed Lord and slay one of the key members of the cult, a succubus named Lustra Heartsbane. The adventurers made their way to an ancient fortress, where the cult had planned to sacrifice all of the kidnapped children to summon an ancient demon serpent queen. After the most difficult battle yet, they were able to stop the ritual and return many of the children to their parents. Knowing this was not the only machinations of the cult, the party set forth to find Sionrath, who had, was now in the possession of an artifact known as the Egg of Merilith. Along the way, they were joined by a young sorcerer named Zael Auroras and a trickster rogue known as Zarquan Boozlegast. After tracking down the Dragonborn, a battle ensued, which shook the very foundation of the temple in which it took place. The egg now in hand, the party made their way towards Ironhaven. One morning, when they awoke, they had found that Zael had stolen away in the night with the egg. Fearing the worst, they made chase to the nearby town of Kosomark. Even though they knew they had to track down the sorcerer, they agreed to help the denizens of the town with a lycanthropic bandit problem. The party slayed the bandits, but not before the druid Enades was infected with the disease of lycanthropy. Test Column
0: Playing on Dull. Ex-Healer. Wood Elf Druid. We call her ex-healer, because she was originally intended to cure the wounds of the party, but she spent more time dying and needing medical attention. Yes, you heard me true. The party, quote, unquote, he had died in that battle with the red-bearded were Luckily, Lucky I guess depends on how you view luck. Luckily she was bitten by the werebear, and her death catalyzed her lycanthropic transformation. Again, you heard me true. Our healer basically contracted magic rabies. Oh man, I could rip on that grubby, feared dim dimwit all day. But we have recaps to finish. Keep the jazz rolling.
2: I am Enades Galanadel, Wood Elf Druid, but many call me Enna. The first thing you may notice about me is my hair. I tried to comb it once. It hurt. It tends to be wild, and I love to decorate it with leaves and twigs. I hate wearing shoes and any type of constricting clothing, and I love rolling around in the mud. I am from the forest of the Emerald Sea. My mother died when I entered this world, and my father raised me for eight years. The worst day of my memory, my father was killed by what looked like a grizzly bear. His eyes were vicious, and his mouth dripped red with my father's blood. After that day, I walked the woods alone, until one day, I met Tror. He is an owl, and my best friend. He sees when I cannot, and we share a bond that can never be broken. It was Tror that led me on this path, and it is he who keeps me grounded to nature. After years alone, I began to become curious of the world beyond my woods, and found myself joining a caravan bound for
0: Ironhaven. Oh, brutal. Your father was murdered by Grizzly Bear. Batman origin much? So, wait. Now you are a bear Doesn't that mess with your head a little? You are a bear. It would be like Bruce Wayne becoming a small-time robber after his parents' death. What has...
1: The party quickly tracked down the wayward sorcerer, Zael and found he was not who he had claimed to be. His name was Cepheus, and he was actually the son of the Grand Wizard Xael Aurorus, the leader and founder of the guild known as the Ordenium Sapienti Potestatum, or the OSP for short. They had locked the egg away beyond magical doorways where it could not be used for evil. To their surprise, the party discovered one of the high-ranking officials and right-hand man to King Artorius himself was actually one of the seven leaders of the Serpent Cult, a man named Farnum Goldhand. The party, now assuming the, the team name Basnathair, set out to undermine all of Goldhand's illicit dealings within the city. District by district, Bastnathair stole the city out from under Farnum, making both allies and new enemies alike. One new companion that joined the retinue was a half-orc barbarian named Kerr, who had also had some issues to be settled with the cult. Eventually, the battle between Basnethair and Farnum spilled into the streets of the city, and a final battle took place in the throne room of King Artorius himself. Farnum sacrificed the king to gain new heights of power and was almost able to destroy the young group of adventurers. The newest member of Basnathair, Kerr, though possibly saving the rest of the members, fell to a last-ditch attack by the deranged gold hand. The team spent months licking their wounds and planning a way to resurrect their fallen companion. Cepheus and the OSP were able to use a new, though untested, Arcane Resurrector to bring back the fallen half-orc, though each member had to give up a piece of themselves for it to succeed.
0: Cur, like curdled milk, played by Josh Sullivan. He is the biggest newbie. I'm not sure he even really does his homework. But this isn't school, and I'm just a captive sentient female robotic. Thinger. Dungeons and Dragons is game of make-believe where people are given common rule system to structure their imaginations. Most people really delve into their imaginary lives with the rigor of an actor trained in the Stanislavski method. Rich histories and complex personalities. So... Let us see here. Jacob, could you hand me the character information we have on Kerr, the half-orc barbarian? Hum. Well, it looks like his name is Kerr. Just Kerr. No honorific or last name. Looks like he is a half-orc. That means he is not a full-blooded orc. Doesn't say what the other half is, though. So I will just guess the dog, bridge Bridgnauzer. Mostly because it is funny. Seems he is a barbarian of the bear totem. Seems highly coincidental, don't you think? Bear totem. Enna's parents were killed by a bear. I have heard tell, that a four-year car and his four-year-old dog friend dressed up in a grizzly bear costume. They thought it would be funny to kill someone's parents, so they wandered the woods and killed happened to kill Enna's parents. She walked up just as they were munching on her dad. Cool backstory, right? Hidden tension within the group. Well anyways. Here is Knaz Thing.
1: I am a half-orc barbarian who knows nothing about his heritage. I was raised by a Goliath named Bargalak, the man who slayed my family. All I want and live for is vengeance. I am searching for the cult responsible for their deaths. I came across my companions searching for a cultist named Farnum Goldhand when I was slain in battle and resurrected by my new friends. Now all that's left is to kill Argilac and the demon. Enades, terrified of her newly contracted lycanthropy, left the group to seek a cure, or at least a way of controlling the werebear within. A month later, after various endeavors, the Tournament of Iron approached. Kerr, now alive, and Enna, now in control of the beast within, Basnithair joined forces to attempt to gain gold and glory in the tournament games. Pies were eaten, swords were swung, arrows were loosed as they took part in the glorious tournament. Kerr and Kovan also had some dealings with a mysterious fortune teller who would later come back to haunt them in ways they never could have foreseen.
0: Zark motherfucking boozle that arcane trickster with a flaming head of hair, skin the color of smoldering embers which can sometimes be seen flickering and moving around. He's a fire genasi, whose father probably wore three-piece suits, and maybe a tall cylindrical hat, on occasion. One thing can be certain, he is not of this world. Most genasi are extra-planar residents. Do your homework on the race of our characters? Interesting stuff. How do you fuck a rage genie? So Zarquan is the group's rogue? Highly stealthy, sleight of hand combined with an invisible mage hand, hold your valuables tight. Zarquin left on his own can be a very unpredictable thing. While trying to kill some time, he started his own network of street urchin children and accidentally became the owner of an orphanage. In the attempt to make drugs, that can get witches high. Side note, witches are notoriously impervious to intoxication. While testing out different drug potencies, he sold a new drug to cover his costs and accidentally killed 40 people. I hear he can make a mean pie. In this world he is the inventor for the three-piece suit. He named his invention after himself. His immaculate creations are called Zaquins. Each Zaquin is specifically and some think magically designed to fit the needs of each wearer. All who wear wearers Zaquin have at one point been heard proclaiming that it has changed their lives. To follow in Zaquin's path is to follow a path of life-changing garments called Zaquins.
3: Zarquan Boozlegast, inventor of the Zarquan, folk hero of Tersewood, arcane trickster, studying to be a lore master wizard, age unknown, race, fire Janasi, flaming head of hair, dark red, smoldering skin. Last thing I remember clearly is falling from the sky and landing on a tiefling bard named Wobani Thulu just outside the small town of Tersewood, a southern town full of eccentric spellcasters. He asked uh, about me, and all I knew was that my name is Zarquan Boozlegast, and that my last name is a combination of the words bamboozled and flabbergasted, which is something to do with my parents, which I who I don't remember. Anyways, I love making three-piece suits in... in well, Bonnie was confused. You mean like armor? Uh, no, no, like the thing I'm wearing. And no no one had apparently heard of three-piece suits, so I started making three-piece suits, and I called them uh, after myself, Zarquan. So during the day, I would learn magic, and at night, I would sew three-piece suits for the poor of terse And... Soon, a lot of the poor were seen wearing nice, fancy zarquans, and the local garment union got uh, pretty angry and ordered a hit on me, and got me disappeared. And then I met the rest of the weirdos. I think that's pretty much it. The Grand Coliseum
1: Games came, and Basnathair faced off against one of the rarest creatures in all of Aliel, an adult copper dragon. The battle, however, did not go as expected, as the dragon, known as Tertullio, secretly made a deal with Bastnathair. They agreed to fake the battle and save the dragon's life in return for a favor from the majestic creature in the future. The tournament complete, Bastnathair needed to decide their next course of action. They now had the knowledge of four more cult leaders and where they were active across Aeliel. Their path decided, they planned to travel to the northern desert city of Wellspring and home to the Witcher Gill. Unfortunately, before they could leave, Kovan found himself in a mysterious plane of existence. The fortune teller he had made a deal with earlier now revealed herself to be an ancient and powerful hag. Kovan, not wanting to take part in the favor, decided to entertain her instead by choosing a card from her deck of many things. Kovan chose his card, and in a terrible twist of fate, his soul was ripped from his body, leaving him a lifeless husk. The team had no time to mourn, however, as the cult was quickly growing in power elsewhere on the continent. They travelled to Wellspring and met up with old friends of Gil. It was here that they met a friendly dwarf named Fainor Lifebringer, who quickly ingratiated himself into the group.
0: Hi-ho, hi-ho, who's the last to go? Sean Cornwall playing as Fainor Lifebringer, most call him Medic, our and Cleric. Poor Sean. He used to play a good two-shoes named Coven. Zarquin and Coven used to be some sort of Laurel and Hardy, Abbott, and Costello, those bickering old men from the Muppets, Statler, and Waldorf. Wow! Well, now Coven is in a magic coma. Kind of like, a space coma. In Dungeons and Dragons player characters are replaced when they die, or exit stage left. So now he has found a new accent, and has become our true healer. He hasn't died once, he gets beat up, and then gets back up again. A real healer and a good secondary punching bag. Clerics are okay. But could we get a real preacher? A lecherous scoundrel who bends the rules, because they don't really believe what they preach, they know it is just another method for using magic. Don't kid yourselves, Cleric. Well, Medic is the newest character to join the group, and I am interested, in hearing what he has to say. Exit sarcasm mode.
1: I was orphaned as a wee lad and grew up in the temples of Berenor, the revered mother. After almost a century giving my service to the mother as an acolyte, I was finally given the opportunity to be trained as a cleric. I now seek to rid evil in the name of Berenor and currently find myself in the very questionable company. Basnathair set to work trying to find a way to free the city of the influence of its new sultan, a cult member who had been summoning devils in droves into the city. Basnathair discovered a secret way into the palace, but unfortunately there was no sultan to be found, only a mysterious stranger who had already battled his way through the palace and into the throne room. A short battle took place and Basnathair hurried into a hidden passage behind the throne. After a confusing labyrinth of of passageways the party finds themselves separated out of the frying pan and into the fire
0: wow 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 that is the skinny the low down the whole thing i could say more but i want to get on to making more episodes please excuse the audio quality the first two episodes are kind of rough we have fixed the problem starting with episode three You have now finished listening to episode negative zero of the Dungeons and Dragons podcast known as Negative Charisma. Maybe you got a little clue about why I call them that. Did you like all my epic level lady robots ass? I liked it. I might get to like you, but you might have to tweet to me first. Spend this lonely lady robot a tweet using my very complicated handle. At negative char. You could send us a email, but you won't you can find all info inside the twitter hole this jazzy content has a website with maybe some other stuff tell your friends that you love listening to kidnapped robots rant and rave about six humans who play d and d every week episodes are released weekly on mondays cha-cha-cha-cha